Warning. The Christian Patriot Report is a no-holds-barred, unapologetic show that will easily trigger those that get offended by the truth. Viewers and listeners' discretion is advised. Welcome, everyone, to the Christian Patriot Report. I'm your host, Don Gardner. And on today's show, we're going to talk about and remember the terrorist attacks on 9-11. We're also going to talk about Bidenomics again because the president just keeps talking about it. And we're also going to talk about Congresswoman Nancy Mace because she likes to get in the news. And we're going to talk about exactly how she's getting into the news all that and more right here on the christian patriot report you don't want to miss this Welcome, everyone, to the Christian Patriot Report. I'm your host, Don Gardner. And it's hard to believe that it's been 22 years since the terrorist attacks on 9-11, since the terrorists ran two airplanes into the Twin Towers, 22 years since the Twin Towers fell, 22 years since a plane hit the Pentagon. It's one of those dates that for those of us that were alive during that time, we'll remember exactly where we were. We'll remember the images. We will remember the horrors. We'll remember just how scared we were. It's one of those dates that the only other date that I could even think of, and I wasn't alive during this time, but I I had parents that were alive during Pearl Harbor. And when you hear them talk about Pearl Harbor, you can just hear the hurt in their voice. It's the same thing when you talk to those that talk about 9-11. I mean, I have my own personal story on that date. And for me, it wasn't September the 11th, 2001. Because for me, it it was September 12th, 2001. Because during that time, I was stationed in Camp Court in Okinawa, Japan. And I was a military police officer in the United States Marine Corps. And around 2 o'clock in the morning on September 12th, 2001, I was awoken by a hard, loud banging on my door because I was in the barracks. 
And I remember waking up, quickly throwing on some clothes, went to the door, opened it up. There was a military police officer that I, I, I knew who he was because I had worked with him when I worked night shift. At that point in time, I was working day shift. And he told me, get down to the station. I said, do we need to wear civilian attire or do we need to wear uniforms? He says, civilian, just get, get on down there. And I said, what the heck happened? He goes, you'll find out when you get down there. So I quickly threw on some jeans, T-shirt, and as I was leaving my room, locked my room, and as I walked out of the barracks, I just remember seeing all the MPs that were in the barracks at the time running to our police station because we didn't live too far away from the police station. So we ran. And when we got to the police station, I just remember walking into the police station and there was the gunnery sergeant, which during night shift, he's never there. He's hardly ever there. And there was also our lieutenant. Now, our lieutenant lived on the camp so, or lived on the base. So there are times he'd pop in from time to time. But as I walked in, there's the desk sergeant, there's the gunnery sergeant, there's the lieutenant. I simply just asked the question, like, what the heck's going on? And they said, walk in the back, you'll find out. So I thought, you know, your mind's racing. Your mind's thinking about what exactly happened. Did we get in trouble? Was there an, you know, nowhere did we think of a terrorist attack happened. So as we're walking into the back to where the break room was, I could see all the MPs. And they're all looking in a direction that I could tell they're staring at the TV. And I went, ooh, what the heck happened? If we're all staring at the TV, what happened? And as I turned, I asked the one MP, like, well, what the heck's going on? And they said, take a look at the TV. And I turned, got into where I could actually see the TV, and that's when the TV was showing a replay of, I wasn't sure if it was the first plane or the second plane hitting the Twin Towers. And I simply saw that, turned back around, and went, is that real? And they're like, oh, yeah, that's real. And then we watched in horror as the towers fell. Now, on that particular camp, there was six of us that were from the state of New York that were MPs. Five of us came from the city. Now, I came from the state, so I was the oddball out of the New Yorkers because I didn't come from the city. I lived, you know, two and a half hours northwest of the city. Off the other five, they lived in the city. And out of all five of them, only one had or knew someone that worked at the Twin Towers. And so he was very concerned. And you could see he was shaking like crazy because he was like, I don't know. He's supposed to be there right now. I'd, I'd, and then when he saw the towers fell, he lost it. Understandably, lost it. And then that's when 
our gunnery sergeant came in, our lieutenant came in. I don't remember who spoke first. I, it's hard to remember exactly because you're in shock. But I credit this speech that we heard to our gunnery sergeant. It very well could have been our lieutenant because he was a former Marine recon. He was one of those lieutenants where we, those of us who were MPs, we respected him because he was someone that he was a staff sergeant, decided to go to officer's candidate school, and even though he was a first lieutenant, he had the experience of being like a captain. And he was a very good lieutenant. So it very well could have been him because this, as I'm thinking about the speech, that we heard this would come from him and he just it was a rallying cry to us and he said that all the exercises that we had been doing for the past two months were now going to take effect See, we usually, once a year, we would practice what would happen if, if, if we were at war. If it was wartime, how would we, as military police, officer, police officers, secure our bases? What would we do? And about, you know, once a month, not once a month, but once a year, we would do, do this. We had just gotten done doing the exercise, probably a at least maybe it was a month, month and a half. But they said, well, that's what we're doing. We're going to start stopping every single car that comes in here. We're going to search it. We're going to take a look at it. We're going to have the, the, the mirrors. We're going to look underneath the car. We're looking for everything. We're going to walk the, the, the lines of the, uh, of the fences. We're going to be putting MPs on the gates searching for anything. And if you find anything, let us know. Don't wait. You see wires, you see anything, let us know. And I remember the weird thing is we went back to our barracks, and actually that day I, I was supposed to work, and I was supposed to be there at 6 o'clock in the morning. Now, when we left, it was 3 o'clock in the morning and all of us who are from New York just constantly just stared at the TV to a point where the gunnery sergeant came back and just said guys you gotta leave because some of us had to come back to work within three hours and he goes and those of you that are scheduled to work this morning we're gonna need you we're gonna need you to go home and try to get as much sleep as possible and just be ready so we left I'm not exactly sure if we got any sleep. I know, prof I don't remember getting any sleep. But to those, to those of us that served in the military during that time, we know what it was like. Because very, the next day, as I'm standing on a gate, the radio was on, and President George W. Bush came on the radio and gave that very 
famous speech that he gave after 9-11. And at the time, I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to go kick some ass. We're going to go deal with whoever. Whoever did this is going to get what is what they deserve. We're all pumped up, ready to go. And that's what happened. We were all pumped up, ready to go. We were about ready to go kick some ass. It was like that Toby Keith song. We'll put our boot in your ass because that's the American way. And that's exactly what we wanted to do. Whoever was responsible for 9-11, for the terrorist attack, we were going to make you pay. But 22 years later, you think about those terrorist attacks, and I don't want those that were lost. We are going to remember you and always remember you. And for those that were lost, those firefighters, those police officers who heroically went into the Twin Towers before they fell, for those of us that are in the Marines, we honor you today on 9-11. We have remembered you. It's hard to believe it's been 22 years. And for those of you to honor 9-11, we play this video for you guys. It is Tuesday morning, the 11th of September, and you will not forget this date. So I actually, I had no idea what was going on until later that day. My parents put, uh, my mother put me on the bus, my dad was working. Um, I was in school, like every other normal day. A um, bunch of kids were getting pulled from class. And my mother explained to us what happened. Something bad happened in the city. And she told myself and my older brother that our dad wasn't coming home. My father and uncle were both killed in that day. My dad was a police officer. And my uncle was a New York City firefighter. I think it, it prepared me a lot um, for the world. So we always knew that there were bad guys, but to us they were just people my dad arrested. We never really thought that anything that bad would happen. And the evil in this world would be, you know, the terrorism and all that stuff. Because as a, as a little kid, you don't realize what terrorism actually is. You play uh, army marines in the backyard. You don't know what you're actually doing. And then when that happened, we realized, like, oh, not just a game, this is actually like life and death. One of my father's uh, regrets was that he never joined the Marines. And after college, I was like, well, either do it now or don't ever do it. And I didn't want to have any regrets, so here I am. I honestly do love the Marine Corps. There are some days where I don't love it as much as others, but I still do love it. I got a great group of guys, good NCO Corps, great officer corps, and I love being here. Who would have thought the USS New York, the ship that I saw in New York back in uh, 2007, would be the ship I'd be deployed on. Of all ships to go on, I'm happy it was that one. So the USS New York is actually made out of steel from the World Trade Center. Um, there's memorabilia all around the ship, including subway signs from the World Trade Center placards with the names and pictures of the firefighters and police officers who were killed that day. Being on the USS New York was 
a more meaningful experience to myself because I'd walk out of the chow hall and on my way back down to my birthing, I had to pass a picture of my dad. So every day, I'd get to see my dad. I'd give the, uh, the last 18 years for just one more day. Miss him. Still hard to believe. It's been 22 years. I, that's a lot of time to think about what happened and what led up to those terrorist attacks. And I have to be honest with you, I, I read everything I could at the time about 9-11 because I wanted to know, how, how did this happen? And so when they came out with this one book, and for those of you listening to the show, you're not going to be able to see it, but I'll announce exactly what book I'm holding. It's called The 9-11 Commission Report. Final report on the National Commission on Terrorist Attacks upon the United States. This is the authorized edition. A little dusty because it's been a while since I took it off the shelf. But I read this whole entire thing. And for those of you watching the show, you can see how thick it is. I read this thing cover to cover. I read every little be, little piece about this. I analyzed it because I wanted to know. By the time this came out, I was already out of the Marines and I was going to college. But I wanted to know, how the heck did these terrorist attacks happen? How did these terrorists get away with this? And so I read it. All 500 so pages of this 9-11 commission report. And when I was done, I came to a very horrifying conclusion. Mind you, I was a military police officer, United States Marine Corps. One of the things I had to do was security for a base. I went to military police school and they trained us how to do security and how to lock down things how to gather information, how to do an investigation. And with that limited training, limited training, I came to a very horrifying conclusion. And I hate to say this because I know we're trying to honor 9-11, but it needs to be said. The Bush administration had plenty of warning that this was going to happen. And they did nothing to stop it. They did nothing to protect the American people. They ignored email after email. That's what they did. They ignored it because it was like they wanted it to happen. And I know that's controversial to say. But if you read this book, the 9-11 Commission Report, and you know anything about security, you would come to the conclusion, we could have stopped it, but we didn't.
And the reason we didn't is because what happened after. We used these terrorist attacks to invade countries, to, disa to disabilize the Middle East. Are for what? Because after 22 years, 22 years of being in war, what did we get? Did we get the people that were responsible? Oh, sure, we got bin Laden, but who cares? Are the people who were responsible for these terrorist attacks dealt with? No. Because the people that were responsible for 9-11, they're still around. They're still in power. And there's plenty of people who deserve to be behind bars because of this. President George W. Bush deserves to be arrested for his lack of leadership. Vice, then Vice President Dick Cheney deserves to be in bars for his lack of leadership. Anyone, I know Donald Rumsfeld is dead, but he deserves to be behind bars. And I know that's controversial because we're trying to remember the victims on 9-11. For those who were victims, we do honor you. We do remember you. But don't think that we don't see what happened. You know, I hear conservative talking heads now talk about how America is now a police state. America has become a police state. That there's states in this country that are police states. They're talking about that as if that's something new. It's not. America has been a police state since nine since nine eleven two thousand and one. That's the truth. Whether you want to believe it or not, these terrorist attacks were used to lock down the American people. Our freedoms and liberties have been eroded because of it. All in the name of freedom, right? Security, right? Are we more secure today than we were back then? The answer is no, we're not. Are we freer today than we were back then? The answer is no. Could these terrorist attacks have been prevented? Yeah, they could have been. And as you analyze the entire war that we fought for the past 22 years in Afghanistan and Iraq, you'll start putting the pieces together and realizing they wanted this to happen. And you can dive into more conspiracies, and I'm not going to. But honestly, I started believing more conspiracies after reading this book, the 9-11 Commission Report. Because one of the other books I read, Jesse Ventura, American Conspiracies. 
And I read multiple other books about the conspiracies of 9-11, and when I looked at it, hey, I have tendencies to believe that story than the official report from the government because the government has lied to us in the past. The government has had plenty of time to prevent attacks in the past and did nothing about it because, as I've always said, the ends justify the means. So on this day, 9-11, 22 years since the original terrorist attacks, we honor those that were the victims. We will remember you. And for those of you that did lose lost ones, you lost someone you loved, I'm sorry that that happened. And I know you miss those people. You miss your father. You miss your brother. You miss your son, your daughter. And know you're angry because that date's going to keep going on until the day you die. You're going to remember it, and it's going to be a, f a fresh wound that will be opened every single year, year after year. And I'm sorry, guys. I really am sorry. I'm s I wish I could believe, and I wish... I wish this was real, but this is what really happened in the 9-11 Commission report. I wish this was the truth, because if it was, it'd be easier to accept what happened afterwards. But I'm sorry, I can't believe this. The government's account for what happened on September the 11th. 2001 and what happened before it and what happened after it I can't believe it I have tough times believing that this is what happened I wish we could go back to this time and I wish we could have prevented it but the fact also is my heart aches for this country because we'll never be able to go back to the country that we were. Because unfortunately, they'll never let us go back. So for those conservative talking heads that constantly talk about how there's a police state, how it's just been going on, and you want to blame President Biden and the Biden administration, sorry, the police state started under George W. Bush, who was a Republican. And ever since then, every president since then has added to that police state. And with that, we'll be right back after this. I fight because I know that millions of children are sitting somewhere in the world saying, I don't belong here. I fight because there are millions of pedophiles that exist in this world. I fight because I lead a team that knows how to fight and knows how to extract and liberate the most vulnerable children in this world.
I fight because if we only rescue one child, it all will have been worth it. from the Christian Page Report. We're going to see what Justice League character are we. The Flash. Not bad. Not bad. I'll take it. But make sure you listen to the Christian Page Report at dongarner.weebly.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Christian Patriot Report. And I know after that last segment that that was heavy. But that happens sometimes. Because now we got to dive into the state of the economy. Because if you listen to President George, nah, sorry. I got George W. Bush on the brain now, but no, he's not the president, thank God. But our current president, Joe Biden, well, he wants to tell you guys, he wants to tell the American people just how good the economy is. Listen to him try to sell how the economy is great. You shouldn't be worried about anything. Don't worry. He has it. He's got it. Bidenomics is great. Bidenomics is just another way of saying restore the American dream. The plan is working. The Financial Times and the Wall Street Journal I don't think they meant it as a compliment originally. They started referring to my economic policy as Bidenomics. Well, guess what? It's working. Now, I know that President Biden would, I, I, let's face it. He wants you to believe that the economy is fine. And I wish, I wish that he was right. I wish he... I wish I could give him credit for like, you know what? Bidenomics is working. Bidenomics is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Bidenomics is, wow, you really were right, President Biden. I'm sorry that I ever questioned you. I'm sorry I ever thought that you couldn't do, that you didn't know what you were doing. I'm sorry I ever doubted you for a second. But then... You get on the news, and then you start reading some articles about how the economy is going, and you come across articles like this, and, well, you start doubting the state of the economy under President Biden. 
let's check out some of these articles and see just how how great is Bidenomics doing? So let's take a look at this piece that I found on justthenews.com entitled Bidenomics. Food prices expected to rise through 2024. Uh, let's see. When was this written? August 29th, 2023. Yeah, well, that was recent. So while 2022 saw the largest spike, prices had already gone begun rising earlier in the Biden administration. Let's see what else they say. Recently, federal... Let's see. Recently released federal price pricing. Wow. I'm having trouble talking. Oh, boy. Let's try to get through this. All right. Recently released federal pricing analyst from the U.S. Department of Agriculture projects that food prices will continue to rise through 2024. The USDA pointed to the U.S. Bureau of Label Statistics Consumers Price Index released earlier this month, which showed consumer prices overall rose 3.2% in the previous 12 months. Food prices, through, though, rose more quickly at, get ready for this, 4.9% during the same time. Now the USDA says that increase will continue, and this is a quote, from, um, well, this is a quote. They, they're quoted as saying, food, food prices are expected to grow more slowly in 2023 than in 2022, but still at above historically average rates, USDA says in its analysts. In 2023, all food prices are predicted to increase. All right, get ready for this. All right, get that defibrillator for you for those of you with uh bad hearts 5.9 percent with a prediction inter let's see wow. basically <laughs> the prediction of it is from 5.3 percent to 6.5 percent food at home prices are predicted to increase 5.2 percent with a prediction of 4.4% to 6.1%. How much you want to bet that it's probably going to go higher than that? Because if you've gone to the uh, supermarket, you know, you feel the prices. You see how the price of food just continues to rise. But let's take a look at Breitbart.com. This is a lovely piece titled Bidenomics isn't working. Vast majority of Americans say economy is bad and getting worse. Well, I, I, this is written by John Carney. This was written on September 4th, 2023. Well, I'd have to say he's right about this. A supermajority of voters have negative views on the U.S. economy and disapproval of President Biden's handling of the issues. According to the Wall Street Journal poll that the paper describes as a stark warning to the 80 year old incumbent ahead of the 2024 contest. Let's see what else it says. 63% of America of American registered voters say the economy's strength 
is not so good or poor. I honestly would say it sucks. It's terrible. It's the worst it's ever been. But that's just me. Just 32% say the economy is good. <laughs> Those are the ones that continue to eat paint chips. Yeah, because I don't know how you could look at this economy and say it's good. There's nothing good about this economy. And only 5% say the economy is excellent. Those are the ones that that have mental issues. They're called liberals. Yeah, 5%. They're the ones that are not living in reality. Yeah. So it doesn't sound like it's getting any better out there. And, and I don't care what Joe Biden says as far as Bidenomics is working. Um, it's, it's, it, it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's working. It's working. You know, you, you get that, you know, if you say a lie enough times, people start believing it. Look, Joe, Mr. President, you're going to have to lie a lot more than what you have. Because let's face it, we can feel just how bad things are. I've said it once, I'll say it, I will say it a thousand times. You can feel what the state of the economy is because you can feel it every single time. You go to buy food or you go to buy gasoline, you go pay your electric bill, you feel just how, how great Bidenomics is. And let's face it, for some of you, Bidenomics isn't so great. Nope. No, it's not. It's terrible. It's robbing you of your money. It's robbing you of your wealth. It's robbing you in ways that I wish I could explain here. And I wish that this didn't happen. But this is Bidenomics at work. And let's face it, it's not working. So I hope that those of you that listen to this show and watch this show that may be of the, I don't know, Democrat persuasion, and you feel the effects of Bidenomics, I hope you remember this. That when November of 2024 when the general election comes rolling around, don't vote Democrat. I'm talking to the 82 million people that voted def that supposedly voted for Democrat in the last election, in 2020 election, in the general election. I hope you remember what happens when you vote for a radical leftist like President Joe Biden, who is by far the most corrupt president in American history, who lacks the leadership to handle the economy. I hope you remember it because you shouldn't vote Democrat. You shouldn't vote for this train wreck that is President Biden. You shouldn't. And I hope you remember that. Now, I'm not saying vote Republican. Because I know some of you just aren't going to do that. But you should punish the Democrat Party and President Biden and the Biden administration 
by voting for someone other than Biden or voting for someone other than the Democrat nominee for president of the United States. And with that, we'll be right back after this. Let's go, Mom. We're going to be late. Hi, Mr. Tony. Mom, what's that? Nothing. Just get in the car. Let's go. Who did that? Come on. Right now. In. Get in. Right now. Let's go. Did you paint it or something? Move it. Seatbelt on right now. Put your seatbelt on. sounds of chaos ready to respond at a moment's notice and when the time comes they are the first to move toward the sounds of tyranny injustice and despair They are forged in the crucible of training. They are the few, the proud, the Marines. Our border is a disaster. Crime infests our cities. The federal government makes it harder for families to make ends meet, and the president flounders. But decline is a choice, success is attainable, and freedom is worth fighting for. Riding the ship requires restoring sanity to our society, normalcy to our communities, and integrity to our institutions. Truth must be our foundation, and common sense can no longer be an uncommon virtue. In Florida, we prove that it can be done. We chose facts over fear, education over indoctrination, law and order over rioting and disorder. We held the line when freedom hung in the balance. We showed that we can and must revitalize America. We need the courage to lead and the strength to win. I'm Ron DeSantis, and I'm running for president to lead our great American comeback. from a Christian Patriot Report. We're going to see what U.S. president are we? Donald Trump. Not a bad choice, but you know what? We would have handled COVID a heck of a lot better than he did. But make sure you listen to the Christian Patriot Report at dongardner.weebly.com.
Welcome back, everyone, to the Christian Patriot Report. And we really got to talk about the congresswoman from the great state of South Carolina, Nancy Mace. Because she's been making some, well, she's been getting in the news recently. And she, you know what? She's really good at getting in the news. Because she apparently said something really controversial. And, you know, the whole subject of abortions came up in one of her interviews. She was being interviewed on CNN. And during that interview, she said this. Congresswoman Nancy Mace plays an outsized role for just a second-term lawmaker, and she's no stranger to controversy. You might not know the groundbreaking path that brought her to Congress. That's also informing a stark warning that she has for her own party. Here's the latest in my series, Badass Women of Washington. Yep, I can hear you. She's only been in Congress two and a half years. Good afternoon, and thank you. Yet Nancy Mace is a backbencher with a big national profile. You have to say enough is enough. And I'm a constant cable presence with an innate sense of how to make news as a Republican from a South Carolina battleground district. I'm pro-life. I have a fantastic pro-life voting record, but I also understand that we cannot be assholes to women. So to quote the congresswoman from South Carolina, Nancy Mace, her advice to Republicans is stop being, and quoting the congresswoman, an asshole to women. So apparently the current Republican conservative stance on abortion is, well, us being assholes to women. So instead, Nancy, let's see if I got this straight. Because, you know, I'm a Marine, I'm a jarhead, so sometimes I have a tough time grasping things. So what, what ultimately what you're saying is you want us to stop being an asshole to women and instead become assholes to these unborn children. And you know what's funny is during that interview, she tried to use this, uh, this tragedy that happened to her because she was a rape victim. She got raped, right? And she'll say, look, I understand for those women that get raped and conceive a child. I understand the fear behind that and that, and, and that fear still grips her. Look, I'm not going to belittle that tragedy because that is a crime and that's and i'm sorry nancy that that happened to you and whoever did, raped you i hope you brought charges against them i hope you brought them to justice but the more i look into it, it sounds like you didn't but what's even more horrifying than that is you using that as your reasoning to justify the killing of unborn children because you say you understand what these women are going through who get raped and conceive a child but you never did that you were raped and that's tragedy enough but that rape didn't conceive a child so you didn't have to make a decision of do I kill this child 
or do I let this child live? You didn't have to make that decision. And really, I think that Nancy Mace, your morals, you, you don't have any, any morals at all to be able to stand on your high horse and tell Republicans what we should do. Because honestly, as a Christian, as a born-again Christian, I can look at your life and point out some things about your life that are morally wrong. You've been married twice. You've been divorced twice. Now, I understand divorce happens. And I'll let that slide because I know what the Bible says about divorce, and let's face it, okay? I'm not such a stickler when it comes to divorce because the Bible also says, under these circumstances, you are allowed to get divorced. But that doesn't mean that God endorses divorces, the divorcing someone. God doesn't. But check out this joke because Nancy Mace was also at this prayer breakfast because she's a practicing Protestant. And this at this prayer breakfast, I believe they were, uh, this was for uh, Senator Tim Scott, who is also a senator from South Carolina, who's currently running for president of the United States for the Republican nomination. This is the joke that she told at that prayer breakfast. Let's see just how moral Nancy Maestro is. Because in this joke, she'll just show you just how immoral she is. When I woke up this morning at 7, I, I was getting picked up at 7.45. Patrick, my fiancé, tried to pull me by my waist over this morning in bed. And I was like, no, baby, we don't got time for that this morning. Uh, I got to get to the prayer breakfast. And I got to be on time. And a little TMI. But um, I... He can wait. He's got, we got, I'll see him later tonight. So not only have you been divorced twice, which I'll give you a slide on that. I'm not going to make hay out of that. But now you are engaged to be married to someone else that you are currently living with and sleeping with. How much of a Christian are you, Nancy? Because if you actually followed the Bible, that's a sin. And you're living in sin and actively living in sin. And if you don't repent of these sins, well, God's not going to bless your marriage. He's not. So, what that should show you, those of us that are Christians, we shouldn't really take the advice of Nancy Mace. Because I could play more videos about Nancy talking about abortions and how she's one of the leading candidates and she's always the Republican that they push out there, the left-wing media pushes out there and ask about abortions because she doesn't have a good stance on abortion. She'll say... You know what? We need to have exceptions for abortions. We need what would happen if, if someone gets raped? What happens if it's incest? What happened for this? What happened for that? We need to have exceptions. So let's take a look 
at the exception she's using. And let's see if there's any water that we can hold in this so-called bucket. Because let's see, what, is the, what do the statistics show for someone who's raped and has an abortion? Let's check it out. So let's take a look at this piece from USA Today, because Nancy Mace, the congresswoman from South Carolina, likes to say, use rape or incest as justification for her stance on abortion. So let's just take a look at what USA Today has to say in this piece that says rape and incest account for hardly any abortions. So why are they now a focus, which this was written, mind you, on May 24th, 2019. But I've done other, I've looked at other studies, and honestly, every time there's a study about the abortions and how many of those were done by, because someone got raped and conceived a child or because of incest or because of all, all those examples that, that those that are pro-choice always like to throw out there. Let's see what percentage of all abortions in the country are because of someone got raped or because of incest or because of whatever else these examples are. Example examples are boy, I'm having trouble talking, but let's just get through this. Just one percent of a of women obtain an abortion because they became pregnant through rape, and less than zero one five percent do so because of incest, according to the and I'm just gonna say gut monker institute. Is that how you say that? I don't know. I'm just going to say it that that's the, the statistics that or the institute that that does the statistics on on abortions. And let's face it, it hasn't changed in 20, 30 years. It's still the same. Yet the battle over exceptions for both has gathered outsized attention in the national abortion debate. And they actually are talking about in this month, which this was back uh, in 2019, mind you. This month, Alabama passed a law banning abortions at any time period with no exceptions for rape or incest. Only when the mother's health is at risk. Two other states at that time, Ohio and Mississippi, have passed similar legislation, which also do not include exceptions for rape or incest. Georgia passed a bill banning abortions after six weeks and includes the exceptions, but requires an official police report alleging the crime. See, that's the problem. And I know, look, I've studied law enforcement. I was a military police officer. I'd been it, you know, I have my degrees in law enforcement. I know that when a woman is raped and that happens, and it's a tragedy, that the test to prove that she's been raped, sometimes more 
that test and, and the process of, of, of doing that test is actually worse than just the rape sometimes. And that's what a lot of women, we, we actually did, we were actually talking about it in, in when, when I took this one class in college where they said, you know, the reason a lot of women don't come forward is because that test is, it just violates them again. But it's extremely important that they do come forward because they got to gather the evidence to prove there was a crime. And as long as they can prove that it's a crime, then the person that committed this crime can be held responsible for it. I have no problem with, 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 with Nancy Mace trying to use these exceptions in order to push her agenda. But your agenda, these exceptions are only 1% of all abortions, and yet you're trying to use that as justification for the rest of them. And you can't do that. You talk about being an asshole to women. Nancy Mace, you are being an asshole to women. See, Nancy, what you really need is to repent of your sins and get right with God. You need to be delivered. Not only from the sins that you are committing, but also you need to be delivered from that rape. And I know it's going to be hard, Nancy. Whoever raped you, you need to forgive that person. Because you honestly need to be healed. You need deliverance. And if you don't, if you don't forgive that person who raped you, and I know that's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. Trust me. I'll use my own personal experience, not that I ever got raped, but having to forgive someone that did a great harm to you, I had to forgive both my parents, my birth parents, because both of them physically abused me, especially my mother. It's the reason I was taken away from them when I was six weeks old by social services and put into the foster care system because they could see that I was being physically abused by my parents. That was hard to forgive them. It took me 30 years to finally forgive them, but I did. And when I did, I was delivered from the spirit of that abuse because those abuses come with demons that rape comes with demons and if you want to truly be released from those demonic attacks and under that tragedy that is rape you need to first forgive that person and be delivered from that terrible tragedy because I can honestly see, as my phone's going off, I can honestly see that the spirit of Jezebel is trying to affect you in a negative way. Trying to get you, and in this spirit is trying to use you to change the Republican stance on abortions. And if you truly are 
possessed by the spirit of Jezebel, then there's nothing I can do for you, Nancy. Because one of the hardest spirits to be delivered from is the spirit of Jezebel. Get right with God and stop being, being a useful idiot for the spirit of Jezebel. And for the rest of the Republicans, honestly, Nancy Mace is one of those people that needs to be primaried and needs to be pushed aside. You need to find someone to challenge her for her seat in Congress. You need to find a true conservative to beat her. Because as long as she's there and able to spew her garbage, which, by the way, she only spews this stuff to left-wing media groups, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News doesn't bring her on that much. She needs to be primaried, and she needs to be shown the door. Because, under the, because by the way she's acting, she's not a Republican. She's a Democrat in Republican clothing, and that's the last thing we need. And with that, we'll be right back after this. Terrorists have taken possession of nuclear missiles. If these babies go off, it's on you. Any questions? Get in, losers! We're going shopping! Good to be back. Yep. Let's fly, baby! We can use some help! I got you. Brilliant. That's what I'm talking about. Expendables, definitely. Rated R. September 22nd. Chief Division Counsel and DOJ have approved a no-knock breach. We want the subject to be on display, doing the walk of shame, full visual impact. Any questions? Are we becoming a police state? Government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. For the first time in my life, I'm saying to myself, am I going to get a knock at the door? FBI warrant, come to the door now! The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. These individuals have commissioned the biggest propaganda play in U.S. history. They don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. We don't need to have a crime. What we need is a person to look at, and then we go find out what crime you did. FBI! Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is going to be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. From the age of eight to the age of 35, 25 years of devil worshiping, my father was a warlock. I was groomed to come into the satanic church to be trained with witches and warlock. I went to hell as a devil worshiper and came back as a Christian. 
God gave me the gift to expose the enemy to the fullest. I mean, there was no reason for me in the devil's camp for 25 years of my life and know all the patterns and cycles and give me the wisdom and knowledge to expose the enemy to the church today so you can fight the good fight of faith. God put in my heart to do this amazing spiritual warfare eight weeks training with a workbook. The course is going to train you, it's going to equip you and teach you all the secrets of how the devil operates against the believer. You can be the arrow in God's quiver because when the fight starts, he can pull you out. He can launch you into the devil's camp to make havoc and destroy the works of darkness and set the captives free. Sign up for the Spiritual Warfare Bootcamp at johnramirez.org. Sign up today and learn how to take the fight to the devil. Don Garner from the Christian Patriot Report. We're going to see what country we're going to move to if Biden wins re-election in 2024. Canada. No, I think I'm going to stay in America after this one. But you can listen to the Christian Patriot Report at dongarner.weebly.com. Well, that's our show for today, and I want to thank those of you that take the time to listen to our podcast, wherever you get your podcast from, whether you're using Spotify, Apple, I can't name all of them. I mean, I know that we're hosted on Anchor, and so if you're listening to the show, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to the show. I'm sure it was a little bit of a long show because we, let's face it, 9-11 it still it still hurts and it's it's still something that we're going to have to deal with for the rest it's probably something I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of my life because it was that type of tragedy as I'm sure for those of us that still were alive during that time it it's one of those that we we'll remember but it also hurts to think that it could have been prevented and the lives the lives that we could have saved that hurts. So, But for those of you listening to the show, I just want to say thank you. If you are listening to the show, please subscribe to our podcast. And if the podcast platform allows you to, I would appreciate it if if you give us a five-star rating. And if you give us a review, that, that we would very much appreciate it. And, of course, share the content if you want to. We definitely appreciate it. And for those of you that are watching the show on our Rumble our BitChu and YouTube channel. Thank you for taking the time to watch the show and make sure that if you do have an account on there or if you don't have an account on those sites, create one or just subscribe to our YouTube, BitChu, BitChu trying to say YouTube, BitChu, and now our Rumble channels. Just, just subscribe to us and also share our content. We definitely appreciate it. And also write in the comments below what you think of the show. Even if you don't like the show, even if you don't like my what we did during the show, hey, we well, just want to hear what what your opinion is on different things. And you can, I know on YouTube or even Facebook and not Facebook, but on on Rumble and even BitChu, hey, 
do what we call live commenting. As the show's going on, if you want to comment in the comments below and just so-called spam is what they really call it, spam the comments, go ahead, have fun. Have no problem doing that. It isn't like you're going to get blocked or anything. Unless you, well, the only time you get blocked on those channels is if you say something really obscene. That's it. Other than that, but if you're just saying, making a comment on, on any one of those accounts, have at it. Have fun. So, until next time, I'm Don Gardner. This has been the Christian Patriot Report. May God bless you. May God bless America. May God bless your family. And may God make America godly again. May we never forget the tragic event of 9-11. May we also never forget exactly who is responsible for these attacks. And I pray to God that God protects us from future attacks. Because honestly, what America really needs is to turn back towards God and get right with God. That's the most important thing that we could do. So with that, I'm Don Gardner. This is the Christian Patriot Report. I'll see you guys later. Have a good week. Have a good weekend. Have a good rest of September. And I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.